Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, back by popular demand. We have the popular congressman from the southern tier of New York State, Tom Reed, on our program. There's been a lot of talk for him to be governor of New York. A lot of people think that the shelf life of Andrew Cuomo in his third term is just about up. And uh, now with the unpopular decisions that he's made with cashless bail and abortion at birth, and uh, now he's proposing a 5% new corporate tax while we've lost a million people during his reign. It, a lot of people think it's time for a new fresh face, and we have that fresh face on the Rusk Report on ESPN Radio with us today, Tom Reed. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. It's always a pleasure to be on your uh, radio show. really do appreciate it. Well, you're wonderful, and I admire what you're doing with the Problem Solvers Caucus, uh, bringing people together. I heard your interview on our sister station on WBEN today about working together, hands across the aisle, like ladies and gentlemen. A little background information about Tom Reed, the youngest at 12, was raised by a single mother on a Social Security check. His father, a decorated career military officer, died when Tom was two, but he still learned from his father's legacy of service and loyalty to our country. These ideals inspired Tom's mission to help people in need. Before going to Congress, Tom was the mayor of his hometown where he was raised and still lives today with his family under the roof of the home his grandfather built. Most of the talk shows here at our sister station today on WBEN were calls from people who were insulted by the behavior of the Speaker of the House, tearing up uh, the President of the United States' speech, um, and they just can't believe that uh, a woman of such power and in such a, an influential office uh, would act in such a t- childish manner uh, of total disrespect, and not just for President Trump, but the office of the President of the United States. Were you offended? Were you uh, humiliated and embarrassed by that behavior, Congressman Tom Reed? Yeah, Brian, I will tell you, I was uh, on the floor, obviously, and watched that, and you know, I was disappointed. Uh, and, and when we had an opportunity, when the president uh, gave the State of the Union to celebrate as Americans some really great wins uh, that we've been able to put up on the board in regards to these jobs numbers, the minority population having access to a job like they haven't had in forever, 
and women in the workplace, and then you have uh, the, the, the issues on the foreign affairs side with the killing of Baghdadi and Soleimani. We, we, we could have come together in such an opportunity to celebrate. And then you saw the stories, the American stories of the heroes that were in the gallery. And for the, uh, the, the speaker to, to do that, just rip up those stories, rip up that message just because of partisanship, um, was just disappointing. And, and I, but, but I'll tell you, I woke up uh, the following day and said, we're going to do our part. Uh, to lead by example. That's why the Problem Solvers Caucus is so important to me. We're going we're gonna to be proud Republicans, proud Democrats in that caucus, and stay in the room till we can solve problems for the American people back home. And I just got to tell you, you know, that's what we're going to keep on doing. And, and, and the people in D.C. that are driven by ego and partisan divide, uh, I just think the silent majority of America is waking up saying enough is enough of that. Yeah, I, I really couldn't believe it. Um, I mean, I've been around politics for 30 years, and uh, I've been around go- uh, congressmen and U.S. senators and governors, and I, I've, I've never seen such behavior. Let's talk about another outlandish uh, matter. And as of the date of this taping, February 5th, it seems to be coming to an end where the president is acquitted of these impeachment charges. Um, I remember seeing the president of the United States joking, saying, if Vladimir Putin can find the 32,000 uh, emails of Hillary Clinton send him over, and then they accused him of collusion with the Russians when he was telling a joke. I mean, isn't this whole impeachment uh, process, accusations, a big joke, a parade, a carnival? Tell us your well, opinion. Yeah, I, you know, I watched this impeachment process, and, uh, and I'm very concerned that now impeachment, you know, that tool of last resort of the Constitution where uh, the will of the American people that uh, duly elect the president is going to be overturned. Uh, essentially by 535 individuals, be 435 in the House and 100 in the Senate, you know, the, to see them weaponize this for political purposes and uh, to make sure that if you use impeachment, it has to be that last option, as opposed to, you know, what I always said from the beginning of this, uh, you need that smoking gun evidence of high crimes, crimes equivalent to treason, which is the subject to the penalty of death, just to show you the magnitude of high uh, crimes in the eyes of the founders and the Constitution that I think has to be there. and So I think it was the right call to acquit the president, and I, and I think going down this path uh, is could be long-term damaging to the country. If you politicize impeachment and you don't rely on the American people, you, you run the risk of disenfranchising uh, the American people, and, and people are so frustrated with politics. If they think their vote doesn't matter any longer in democracy, that is a fundamental problem. And so glad to see this come to the conclusion it did. And uh, hopefully we can move on from this. And I'm the eternal optimist. And what I think we should learn from this is uh, we need to move away from impeachment as a political weapon, and we should focus on the work and let the American people uh, decide the fate. Very good. Very positive, very uh, optimistic view of the future of America and the presidency. Let's talk about the State of the Union. It seemed to be a very uh, moving program. A lot of people were touched by Rush Limbaugh, who is on our sister station, uh, being given the uh, Medal of Freedom by the uh, First Lady of the United States while you were there last night, uh, the uh, night before this taping. And um, there were a a lot of beautiful tributes to a lot of uh, wonderful people who have fought for our country and love this country. Uh, Let's talk about your impressions of the State of the Union by President Donald Trump. Tell us, please. Yeah, no, I thought uh, rightfully he was able to take uh, sort of a victory lap and say, you know, when it comes to the economy, uh, you look at these jobs numbers and 
you know, and it's not just numbers. Uh, what I look at when I see these job numbers is the people behind the numbers, the opportunity that they can control their own destiny now because they have a job and they're putting in the dignity of work uh, that comes from that job of being able to take care of yourself, your family, by putting a roof over your head and food on the table. They, they, that can't be lost in this conversation. And, you know, when I saw folks, uh, you know, we were talking about the food stamp rolls and them going down and somehow that was a negative thing perceived from the folks on the other side of the aisle. We should be applauding folks coming off of food stamps. We should be applauding folks coming off of these programs because they're able to get a job and get on uh, their own uh, merit uh, a successful future. And and so I, I was just, you know, I was pleased to see the success uh, on display. I was pleased to see those human stories. I mean, who couldn't have been touched uh, by a Tusky airman, uh, who, and, and they didn't even stand up for him. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They had a bunch of uh, folks on the... Why the wouldn't they? Side. This is an African-American hero. Why wouldn't Democrats applaud and give a standing ovation to such a great man? I don't know. I mean, that, that, that's why I was flabbergasted uh, uh, watching that. And then, you, you know, I mean, you saw the family reunited by, uh, you know, my dad served in uh, the military for 20 years, was in Korea in World War II, many years away from uh, my mom. And I can tell you, to see a, a husband uh, embrace uh, his wife and embrace his kids after being gone and deployed and serving our country, you know, obviously we all stood and, you know, that, that was a moment, I think, where we uh, came together, chanted USA, and uh, I was proud to be there for that. And, you know, there's a lot of success stories in that chamber uh, last night, and uh, I'm just concerned uh, by some of the civil, um, uh, un, in, uh, the, the uncivil is what I should say, behavior by some folks uh, uh, that really reminds me that the work we're doing in the Problem Solvers Caucus of uh, leading in a proud Republican fashion and staying in the room in a respectful way, uh, I think that's what the majority of Americans want us to do, and that's what I'll continue to do wherever we serve in public office. Now, Congressman Reed, I was not there. I've never been fortunate to be at a State of the Union. I've been in the White House many times, and um, I have great love and respect for our our country. Am I right that, that there were many Democrats who were booing the president and booing Rush Limbaugh, who's dying of stage four cancer? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, even if you disagree with uh, Rush Limbaugh, the fact that uh, humanity should uh, show some empathy, uh, you know, with his stage four cancer uh, diagnosis, and you know, it's the president's call to issue uh, that award. And you know, I and, and I saw that. I saw the hissing, and I saw. Uh, the heckling, if you would, uh, of the President of the United States. And I think it all culminated with the ripping up of the speech be, uh, by the Speaker. And, and you know, the, it, 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 I, I agree with the folks that have weighed in on this and just said this is disappointing. And it's a disappointment uh, that I'll carry with me. But at the end of the day, I will uh, remember the stories uh, that I heard last night or the last week. And uh, I will tell you, uh, they continue to inspire me uh, to do the job, and we'll do the job the right way, in my opinion, and that is always be respectful, stay in the room, take it on the chin when people are screaming and yelling at you, um, but stay on there and be firm. You know who you are, but be willing to listen uh, to people and engage in the debate. Wonderful uh, philosophy on the part of a true statesman and diplomat in Washington, D.C., congressman from the southern tier of New York State, Tom Reed, part of the Problem Solvers Caucus. I've been in his office in 
Washington, and I know how his staff is trying to bring Democrats and Republicans and conservatives and liberals together in uh, a graceful and diplomatic manner. So hats off to our guest, Congressman Tom Reed, for his diplomacy and statesman-like behavior. If you're listening in Corning, New York, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio. 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This station has received letters as far away as from Scandinavia and New Zealand, and we'd like to hear from you. A little plug here, ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. And Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and calendar events. Don't miss out on our next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Eagle is available in many tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guests with the uh, national host of the Flavor of Poland series and 40 television stations, Mo Nalon, with the employer support of the National Guard, Jack Fairweather, the author of the best-selling book about Witold Pilecki fighting the Nazis in the Auschwitz concentration camp, and a man who's a great man and humanitarian from the southern uh, tier, Charlie Joyce. Coming up, we'll have Victoria Damone, daughter of the famous singer Vic Damone, and Erie County popular sheriff Tim Howard. A little bit more information about Congressman Tom Reed as the mayor of Corning. Tom understood potholes and parking tickets are not partisan issues, and those are the same values Tom Reed brings to his job in Washington, D.C. Great statesman and uh, diplomat. Um, Let's talk about a potential run for governor. As I said, there are a lot of people who think the shelf life for Andrew Cuomo was over, that we've lost a million people in New York State since he's been governor and a million before when his father was governor for 12 years. So we're now in the third term of Andrew Cuomo. Do you think it's time for Tom Reed to be governor of the state of New York? Well, I appreciate that, Brian, and this has got some attention, and I, I can tell you I'm uh, seriously taking a look at this because people are reaching out uh, to me, and I think they agree that one-party control in Albany, especially by the extreme liberal agenda that the governor is just rolling over and accepting with all the policies that you articulated, uh, uh, be it uh, illegal immigrants getting licensed, uh, nine-month uh, abortion, and uh, the issues of now the tax increases coming down the, the pipeline, and uh, bail reform where folks are being released and uh, subjecting innocent people uh, to harm, actually dying as a result of this policy in our state, and really it causes a lot of us, rightfully so, a fear uh, for our safety and the fear of our, our residents of New York in regards to this extreme policy. So we're, we're obviously having that conversation a long way down the road to make any final decisions, but I, I will assure you of this, uh, regardless of what my decision on, is on this, I am going to work because uh, New York is my home, to lay the infrastructure to make sure people know uh, that we're going to have a- an opportunity to challenge the governor, 
uh, take him on in regards to his vision for the future of New York. And, you know, a governor that I've, a couple governors that I've met and starting to have a friendship with are Charlie Baker and uh, Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan's the governor of Maryland. Charlie Baker's the governor of Massachusetts. And they've been able to demonstrate, they're some of the most widely popular governors in America. And they've demonstrated in those deep blue states uh, that if you have the right leadership, it is amazing what you can do for your citizens and residents uh, of the state. And so I'm a big fan of the way they govern, the way they have shown that they can be successful. And I think we need to bring that uh, to New York State. And so we're going to take a look at this, uh, but I'll tell you, I'm going to continue working from today and all the way through to fight for New York State because it's my home. And these policies are killing us. They're driving residents out by hundreds of thousands. And when that happens, it's the it's it's people that are being driven from their their homes, and that's just not acceptable to me. Let's talk about an issue that's of great concern with Charlie Joyce. He's one of the major pipeline people in the world, from Wellsville, New York, and he's sitting right on top of the Marcellus Shale, and those uh, a lot of those towns around your district are in deep trouble economically. They've seen better days, a lot of shutdown. Uh, factories and offices and homes and uh, Charlie Joyce has to send uh, over a thousand people to Ohio Pennsylvania and Virginia to do fracking because they can't do it right where they live in Wellsville New York so let's talk about this fracking where Pennsylvania is booming in northern Pennsylvania and so much of your district is in trouble don't we need hydro fracking in southwestern New York State you know, Brian, I've always been on this issue a yes, we can. If there's a problem, if there's a risk associated with this uh, technology of hydrofracking, uh, I've always been a firm believer we can solve it. And uh, if there's an area that uh, potentially doesn't want it, uh, for example, the Finger Lakes, uh, I've been supportive of exempting out that watershed j- just to err on the uh, side of safety and the people in that area uh, are, are expressing their uh, disagreement with moving forward with hydraulic fracturing. But what the governor is doing is, is, is using it as a political uh, issue. It's obviously to appease that hard left uh, extreme environmental agenda uh, that says, no, we can't uh, do, th- do this. And, it, and, I, and I think if you look just at the northern tier of Pennsylvania, you look at Oklahoma, you look at the Dakotas, you look at Colorado, if the science that they're claiming shows that hydraulic fracturing would uh, blow up uh, these uh, uh, communities and destroy these communities from an environmental perspective, you know, we've 10 years into this, uh, of, of developing this resource, and I don't see those areas of the country uh, lit a fire or that there's a vast contamination of water supplies or, you know, these devastating environmental impacts that they say are, are clearly connected to this technology. And I just, I, I'm just, I, I've always taken a reasonable approach to this, in my opinion, and we should come at it from a yes, we can. And regardless of the economic numbers, I will also tell you this, because America is now, Uh, secure when it comes to our energy independence and our energy security because we're developing natural gas and oil and exporting it around the world. When you have disruptions in the Middle East like we have with Iran, uh, when we have attacks on Saudi Arabian uh, operations, uh, we're not putting our men and women and shedding their American blood on the Middle Eastern soil anymore because of the politics of oil. And thank God uh, we have done this because I'm going to always fight for those men and women day in and day out. Wonderful. Before we take a break here, let's talk about the killing of Soleimani from Iran. General Soleimani was credited with his horrible deeds of um, disabling thousands of uh, men and women serving in our military, loss of legs with the IEDs, 
I travel around the country and I see so many veterans without arms and legs and in wheelchairs, and that's the person who did it. And uh, what do you think? Wasn't it a great thing for America to rid the world of that uh, horrible butcher? And, and not only did Soleimani d- disable so many Americans, you know, just last week at the, the State of the Union, uh, you know, or last night I went to the State of the Union, you know, we saw the family members uh, where the, he killed uh, the, their, their family members, their loved ones. And, uh, and rightfully so, he is dead. Uh, he is no longer on the face of the earth, and his reign of terror in Soleimani has come uh, to an end. So I applauded the president. I was with the president uh, right after he addressed uh, the country um, uh, from uh, the, the White House. I was there with, uh, shortly thereafter meeting with him, and I'll just tell you, uh, as I told him, it was the right call. It was a courageous call, and uh, it was a courage uh, that needed to be put on display across the world to send the message to Iran. No one is untouchable. And if you are a terrorist, if you are a, a killer, uh, such as Soleimani was, and you're killing Americans, maiming and disabling Americans, uh, we are going to take you out. And, uh, and I think what we see now, uh, because of this uh, uh, strong move, we're getting peace through strength. And I, I see Iran uh, being pushed back on its heels trying to figure out uh, this new policy of America of, of strength. And I'll just tell you, uh, it was the right call. I support it. And... Uh, and, and I'm glad uh, Soleimani is a, a footnote in history. Good. Horrible man. Just horrible man. Killed hundreds of our U.S. troops, and uh, the world is a better place without him. Our guest today is a great diplomat and statesman, member of the Problem Solvers Caucus in Washington, working in a bipartisan basis for the good of his district and America, Tom Reed, uh, congressman in the 23rd Congressional District. If you're listening in Corning, Uh, Buffalo or Montreal, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway. And that's Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Special thanks to Stephen Sementilli for recommending this program. A little bit more information about Tom Reed, U.S. Congressman. He's a former All-American swimmer and a hospice volunteer in his personal time. Tom is co-chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus and serves on the Influential House and Ways Committee as the Republican Leader of Social Security Subcommittee. Uh, We're happy to have him with us on the Rust Report. Let's talk a little bit about climate and energy. Uh, Our illustrious congresswoman from New York City, AOC, wants to spend $3.8 trillion on energy program building, rebuilding homes and offices throughout America, doing away with cows, airplanes. Let's talk about your energy programs and your thoughts on climate change. Congressman Tom Reed. Well, I still appreciate that. And as a Republican, uh, I'm proud uh, to be leading efforts uh, to take on this issue of the environment, climate change, if you would. And uh, I think the cornerstone of what the Republican response will be and what rightfully should be part of the solution to this problem is unleashing the innovation of America, uh, to unleash uh, American entrepreneurs for that next generation of technology. And the cornerstone of what I'm proposing is the what we call the energy uh, sector uh, tax uh, innovation uh, tax credit bill. And that's a, a tax credit designed to not pick winners or losers out of Washington, D.C., have it apply to all energy industries, and allow the innovation uh, to be stood with in order to get it from the research and development phase into an accessible and affordable energy supply 
uh, not only here in America but across the world, where we start exporting this technology and innovation uh, as part of its development. And we do that. I can tell you uh, there's nothing more powerful uh, than the marketplace, than the American innovator uh, to solve this, these problems. History has shown us that, and history will prove us right again, uh, that what we are going to be doing is unleashing that innovation, uh, be it in fossil, existing fossil fuel in inventories, uh, the alternatives and renewable space, uh, nuclear um, uh, energy, uh, part of that conversation, because it's going to take all of the above energy portfolio, doing it more effectively and in a cleaner fashion, and stand with that technology so that it can be uh, deployed uh, across America and across the world. That will clean up the environment. That will help us address and tackle this issue of climate. And the energy tax credit that we're proposing, I think, is going to be a cornerstone of the Republican response in regards to this. And if you look at the other side, the other side wants to have arbitrary uh, standards. And uh, if you don't have the technology and the innovation to meet those standards, you can create whatever paper tigers you want. But if you're not cleaning up uh, the emissions, if you're not cleaning up the pollution because you, you don't have access to the technology to achieve it, boy, you're just creating a false sense of security, Brian, in my opinion, uh, that will do nothing in regards to this problem and actually put us further behind the eight ball. It's time to lead the world through our innovative spirit. We have about two minutes left on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, and I understand that you visited Binghamton University following Art Laffer, who was the architect of President Reagan's economic programs, and I understand that he was shouted off the stage. How can students and professors and administrators allow this horrible behavior? I have no idea how they allowed it to happen. That's why I went to Binghamton University personally uh, to stand with the host of that event, the College Republicans, and to say Art Laffer is an economist. He is not a political activist, and for him to be treated that way uh, in Western New York is something I reached out to Art. I apologize to him on behalf of his treatment of the, the people that we represent, and we're hopeful, uh, working with the Binghamton University officials, uh, that free speech uh, will be respected there. Uh, now it's conservative speech that's being attacked. Maybe in the future it'll be liberal speech, uh, but the bottom line is we will stand for free speech, and hopefully we can get Art Laffer back to Binghamton University and have a good exchange on the economic theories that he was there to deliver to the students. I mean, to me, uh, that would be like if Jane Fonda was brought to a campus and shouting her off the stage. I mean, it's not acceptable right or left to be so rude, nor was it acceptable to most Americans to see the Speaker of the House tearing up the President's State of the Union address. It's and on top of that, Brian, I mean, when we went to Binghamton University and the college Republicans were sanctioned and penalized by uh, their student government uh, for their activity there, and then the Progressive Association that engaged in uh, disrupting and taking Art Laffer out of that uh, campus setting uh, go uh, untouched and no justice being uh, dispensed against them. And then a student that was uh, uh, assaulted uh, have to go to uh, criminal court in order to try to seek justice. You know, that is, that's where the lines are drawn, and we will stand on that line to defense free speech day in and day out, regardless of its content. It's beyond my comprehension. I'm sorry we have to bring Ruskport to close with uh, the great statesman and diplomat, United States Congressman from the 23rd District, Tom Reed. Again, special thanks to Stephen Sementilli for recommending this program and Kevin Carr, Director of Production for the past 15 years. We've learned a great deal from the man who is the co-chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, U.S. Congressman Tom Reed. Thank you for being with us and have a wonderful week. Uh, I so appreciate it. Thank you, Brian.
You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.